Till Death to Us recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 13, Episode 16. Weighing the decision. Weighing the decision. Good job. You got the episode and season right this week. I did. Um, Way to bounce back. I couldn't mess up after last week. Uh... It needs to be said that last week we were misstalking, and this is now the second time we've done this with Married at First Sight, where we're convinced. I think it's because we're so used to each episode representing a full week, sometimes 10 days time. And so last week when it was like six days to decision day, we just always assume that the next week is going to cover decision day, and it doesn't. At some point in this great podcasting experience of Married at First Sight, we will like print out a schedule of episodes <laughs> and when the next season starts and yeah. it just bear, bear with us. Yeah. Bear with, bear with. We're relying a little too much on our intuition here and it's irresponsible. It's like this information <laughs> is available. I know. No. And then I immediately went after I found out, went and like looked up a schedule and was like, Oh, it's there. It's, it's Googleable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So a, Officially, though, friends, first off, thank you for your patience. We know this is coming out Sunday. That's not our ideal, but it is the worst case scenario, and we love you for bearing with. Um, but to be clear, this is the week where they, this is the week leading up to D Day. Next week actually is D Day. And then there are two reunion weeks. So we've got a two parter here, and I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, So, I mean, overall, this week is obviously, compared to last week, and really the last two weeks, this is like, you know, it's it's more of what we already know, and just a little bit more hashing through. It's filler, it's pomp and circumstance. (laughs) I wouldn't even say it was pomp, but it sure is circumstance. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) this is the classic week where everyone who puts this show together specifically and uniquely cuts together footage to make you forget like how bad things have been. Right. And makes everyone go, ooh, is there a chance? Right. And it's usually just a tease. I'm not buying it. But, you know, we'll yeah. find out. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. That sounds like I married at first sight like song. Um, okay, so then let's start with a couple that we rarely start with. Yeah. Gil and Mirla. Um, Girla. So like, Girla. Hashtag Girla. So another thing to say across the board for everyone is that, like, we're obviously getting to hear their last-minute fears, last-minute doubts, last-minute important conversations that the couples need to have together. So everybody had some sort of one-on-one with each other, mostly. And then everybody had some sort of support system meetup. So it was a friend or a family member that everyone was calling on to sort of discuss all of these doubts and concerns. So we start with Mirla talking to her friend. um, And she talks about how the only con with them has been their differences in finances. I feel like we finally got the piece of information that I have been wondering about. Which is, he just started this career as a firefighter. Mm. I think that that is a big piece of information. I mean, he's 35 and like no judgment at all. Totally down with 
reassessing life and career choices at any age, but it gives just a little more perspective why someone like Mirla, who, let's remember, has not harped on this throughout the season, which honestly impresses me more now hearing this. This would have been something that another contestant could have theoretically uh, harped on the whole time of like, you just started your career. How do I know there's going to be stability? Meanwhile, he's been the one shitting on her. But so she brings this up to her friend that like he just started his career. He has no savings. And she's, of course, the opposite. Like she's way more established. And Mm -hmm. so there's obviously concerns around that. Um, We went roller skating, glow roller skating with them. I thought that was very cute. Um, I felt like it it was, it's just, it's fun to see when Mirla does let herself have fun. Yeah. Doing things that normal people have fun with, but we're so used to her being like a little more rigid and apprehensive about basically any and all activities. So I thought that she was a champ with that. Then they have a sit down talk after and like classic Gil style. He just has to go right in for it. There's never any easing in with these talks. (laughs) And... He wants to know how she's feeling about everything. And Mirla makes this comment of like, he's like, you know, this is the time where we're like thinking about, you know, our concerns and our blah. And she's like, and how you get to be with this fabulous woman for the rest of your life. And then, and I thought that was super funny and cheeky. That's kind of how they function. Yeah. Lots of little jokiness like this. And he just immediately comes in. Oh, well, it's easy to say no to that. So, yeah, what did you make of that? Well, is this when he follows up with looks will fade? Yes. Yeah. Dude, uh, let's not let's like, not ever... say that to our wife. Right. Like, come on. Like, well, I, it's I just... another, it's one of his roundabout ways of coming at her for her brattiness and kind of like, like just sort of implying like she's this extremely superficial person. And again, like, I just, it makes me go back to what we talked about last week when you were talking about, like, this is a woman who's in fucking education, like, who has made it her life's goal to, like, not only, like, she's come from poverty, she's not out of touch with that, that is what has driven her, and she didn't, which, again, let's be clear, there would have been no problem if she had gone, like, full speed ahead into the corporate world and never looked back. But she fucking didn't. Yeah. Like, she's, yes, making good money, having found her niche in a field that is really meaningful and is helping other kids and people. And so I'm just like, this is what I find ironic is that, so then he proceeds to say, I feel like you shit on people who aren't where you're at. Then he says, that word that comes after spoiled is brat. And sometimes that's how you act. Meanwhile, she is trying to get in a word in edgewise, and she can't. She's tried to interject a couple times. He has not let her. And I'm sitting there thinking, the irony of this whole thing is that you have judgments, clearly, about people who care about having a savings and having financial goals and who like nice things. I can't help but feel like he's fully projected on her what his own judgments are, which are, I'm not driven by money and people that are driven by money are a certain thing. They're a category. 
And I would feel, I feel judgmental of myself if I am with someone who fits in that category. Yeah. So that's the ironic part to me about all of this. And look, is it possible that behind closed doors there's conversations that have been had that we haven't seen where she has maybe brought up, like, well, you just started this career, blah, blah, blah. That wouldn't surprise me, but we don't see any of that. Yeah. And I think the interesting part is that it just feels really transparent to me, like her success he views as a threat to himself. It makes him feel small or maybe not far along as he should ha- should be or whatever but that's all his own shit i know and and if if we can you know this has been a pretty pro gill podcast yes. we love gill um uh, we love gill that being said this is kind of a blind spot for him yeah and i'm going to jump ahead be- a little bit because i feel like i got a lot more insight when he talked to his mom on the phone okay it, well, into uh, what is at play with this. Right. About talking finances and the gender roles right. that he believes in culturally that he was raised in. Right. Okay. Let's get to that in a teeny, teeny, tiny second. Okay. I just think it also needs to be said that after all of that, he says, which this is where I went, oh, this is all your own judgment system, ranking system that you are making, you are projecting on her. So then he says, I definitely don't want to be married to a brat. I don't want her to be spoiled. I think that might have been like in an interview right after. And then, but then he says to her, that person that got you to where you are now, you're losing that person. And I just wrote, F you, Gil. I don't think you're allowed. I don't think that How can you, you tell her exactly. That? That's that's the you don't know. you're not. This has been what 50 days of marriage or so like you don't I'm sorry you're a great communicator you can get to the core of things you factually do not have enough information for you to make that judgment right you and like I'm like to be clear is she inauthentic like is the only way that she's authentic to who she was as a child if she like swears a vow of poverty? Yeah. Like, fuck you, Gil. That is so ridiculous. And like, it's hard because we've also all acknowledged and we can't not, we can't like unacknowledge the fact that Mirla can be difficult, right? She can be. And that was like especially prevalent those first few weeks when we were getting to know her. And she was a totally difficult, she was a little bit of a spoiled brat. Well, we need to, I'm sorry. I think we need to like make a distinction between. Exactly. We need to make a distinction between what are her, because brat, I, I'm tired of that, that word being thrown around, but it's Gil who does it. Yeah. But there's a distinction between the kind of lifestyle that she wants to live and what she decides to do with her money and her attitude. Exactly. And those and things are being that he's putting he's yes. Those things he's are being combined. Them. Yes. And those exactly. are two different they things. They are. Her, I mean she could be making $50,000 a year less and still be a bit of a negative Nancy. Yes. So that's its own separate thing. And that aspect of it, I'm kind of more on Gil's side. Yeah. You know, and when she's it's also been addressed and established that it's what she does when she feels out of control or afraid. 
and that it's always been a thing she's done. Yeah. And she has been making a very concerted effort to work on that. She never defends herself to Gil about that part of her. She never tries to say that it's like, okay. She always receives it. And I do think that we get to see evidence every week of her having worked on that because I don't feel like, like she has been a complaining biatch for yeah. a while. Yeah. So that, and I think someone needs to like make yeah, that distinction. someone for Gil. Yes. Because I, I, Gil, if you're listening, no, we love you, <laughs> we love you but, but you're wrong on this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the other side of it, I don't think that, I don't think that she's being unreasonable in any, personally, personally, you mm-hmm. can, you know, listeners can have their own opinion, but the things that she wants, I don't think are completely over the top. No. She wants to get brunch every week. You know, she wants a nice place to stay. You know, she will do shopping a couple times a year. And yes, there is the red bottom shoes that obviously like makes people opinionated one way or another. But if you were to like actually add up how much you're spending, like, on clothes throughout the year. I don't think she's like, no. we know she's not living outside she's of like her means. And so why does, why does it matter to you? Exactly. And it matters to you because of what your, he said in the phone call. What he mom. said in the phone call with mom and talking about, you know, the way that I was raised and I was brought up was that the husband provides for everything. Right. You know, and he still does and have he this. did mention she was also raised the same. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing that made my ears perk that went, have there been some conversations behind closed doors with no cameras where she has basically implied to him that she expects him because her dad paid for everything that he fully paid for her lifestyle. I haven't heard anything like that from her. I have only heard if I can afford this, why should I have to stop? I'm still able to save. I have never heard her say which we have seen Mathis contestants before who have like females who have come in with that mindset yeah. where they were like, well, it doesn't matter what I make. You should absolutely have to pay for my entire life. And that has been a point of contention. And I don't feel like she's ever, ever had that expectation. But when he mentioned that she was raised that way too, it just made me wonder so has there been a conversation here where she's basically admitted, well, if you could, I wish you could, but I know you can't. So blah. But you're right. That was very like eye opening because it was like he made a point to tell her, mom, she makes twice as much as me. And how can I. How can I like afford like after the bills, if I pay for all the bills, then there's not you know what I mean? Then there's nothing left, which I'm sitting there thinking, OK, let's do the math. If you can afford both of your lifestyles with your salary and she makes twice as much as you, what's the fucking problem here? That means that her whole salary, let's say 80 to 100 grand, gets to now go towards your couple's goals. Yeah. Of of these extra things that she would like in your lifestyle and maybe the place you guys move into. Like, yeah. what is the problem here? Well, I think the only thing that there might be some, like, gray area with that I kind of want your perspective on here is they have talked about, like, buying a house. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that is one of the things where, from Gil's perspective, is, 
okay, well, if we want to buy a house, then you might not have to. Then maybe cut down. Then maybe you need to cut down on some things. And she is like, no. You know, like that could be the only thing that it's like, okay, you are in a marriage now. You know, yes, you're going to be able to move into a house in five years, but maybe not two or three years. And I guess it's, I'm sitting here thinking, you guys live in Texas. She already has a massive savings, apparently. I don't understand. I I have a feeling you guys could have a down payment for your house probably in like a year's time period. Yeah. Between both of your shit. Yeah. Like, I imagine Mirla has tens of thousands of dollars sitting somewhere. Yeah. You know? So I just don't. And you know what? I will say, I think that Gil gets a little bit hung up sometimes on the principle of the thing. And I think that it really rubs him the wrong way when Mirla makes blanket statements like, you know, at the beginning, I will never change. Why should I have to change my lifestyle for anyone? Yeah. Or no, I won't sacrifice the things that I really like for anyone. And we all are constantly like contextualizing that as she's saying it in real time where we're going, okay, well, Yes, it's a strong statement, but we know she can afford her lifestyle. We know she saves on top of that. We also know that she's a kind person. We also know that she doesn't have, like, this big-ass group of friends that she's going out with every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and for he just gets fixated on the statement that was made. Yeah. And then, like, I think, like, ruminates on it and is sort of like, well, what does that mean for the future? That could mean, you know, and yeah. starts to, like, project all of these possibilities And I don't blame him. And I do sometimes wish she would not make blanket statements like that. But I also am like, Gil, you've gotten to know all the other sides of her better than any of us have in the last eight weeks. And you clearly. So this is what confuses me, because when he talks about this stuff, it sounds and feels like it's really big. Right. Like everything could be hinging on this. Um, And then. And like, okay, I'll come back to that. But and then the next you know, sentence, like he might be with her or in front of the experts or in front of a group of the people saying like, I've never been more vulnerable with anyone in my life. I've never felt so safe. I've never fallen for someone this easily. I've never blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, wait a second. Then like, is this really like, are, are these other, why are we acting like these things are so big? Yeah. When this to me is what matters the most. And like, if any, again, she's the one that makes more than you. She's the ones with the higher expectation of living. And she's not even putting any of that on you. She's saying, I will continue to support myself. You know, like us hearing her talk to her friend about her concern around his, like how little established he is. That is the first time all season that we've really heard her even spell it out as a true doubt. You know? Yeah. And I would think that she would be the one with kind of more reason to have to be concerned. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we're really hearing that from her end. And he has just never stopped harping on the fact that she likes fucking shoes. And it's yeah. just like and like equating it with her being a brat, you know? Um, but the talk with his mom like was interesting yes like for reasons you said it sort of gave us perspective like oh no wonder he's so frightened by all of this it's because he also had an expectation of himself 
that he would be able to fully financially support her. And now that he knows that she has a lifestyle that like would sort of make all of his salary go away, then he wants to direct it at her. Like it's a her problem. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. What if we needed to go back inside and unpack why you are so attached to needing to be the sole provider when you're looking at a woman who is perfectly able to contribute and is wants to, you know, like maybe that's something you need to deal with. For sure. I mean, here's the thing. This couple saying yes next week. Yeah. I have, I will, we're not to the end yet. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So he then says something to his mom that did bother me. He's like, I don't believe you can force people to change. And I'm literally like, then why are you trying, Gil? That's all you've been doing yeah. from day one. And I, the irony here is that he thinks she's this hoity-toity one that like, oh, just is so pish posh to everyone else. And it's like, you're the one asking her to change or else. Yeah. That's not cool. No, not at that's all. That's hurtful. And yeah. that's judgmental. And she's taking that in. And like, Again, I think it is perfectly reasonable to have these hard conversations around her negativity sometimes. I do. Um, that has a lot more to do with our interpersonal relationship and the way that we interact with each other and the things that we do together and blah, blah. But if she, it can't, it's, it cannot be all Mirla changing to yes. meet Gil's thing. Mirla needs to change to be more positive. Gil needs to change to get over the financial you stuff. He needs to stop being so judgmental of her. Yeah. Um, and then it's basically them like, we're going to talk about the community event. Oh, okay? yes. We'll, the we'll talk yeah. about that at the end and get into more of the specifics of that. But we do watch them sort of get ready with their last night because they're about to go stay in their own places for a couple nights without each other before decision day. And it's, like, really sweet. Like, she says she's going to feel empty and weird without him tomorrow. And she's being kind of, like, romantic. Like, oh, I'm going to miss you. It's going to be weird. And he's just very, like, okay. It's going to be okay. No, we're going to be fine. <laughs> but then in an interview, this is what threw me just a tad. Okay. And you could, you're probably just going to come back and tell me that I'm being teased. But then in an interview, after her saying that stuff to him, she says she doesn't know what she's going to do on decision day and that she does have some concerns about how different they are. And I just, I don't know. When I hear her talk about this aspect of them without him, which, again, has been so few and far between and one of the times was at Unfiltered a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I see a different side of her and a different countenance to her. And I do see that there are maybe more worries there than she's been willing to verbalize. And I just, I just worry, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I think that the whole thing around, cause he just keeps going back to, I'm not motivated by money. And I think that's one of his blanket statements that he doesn't realize is lodging itself in her brain and freaking her out. Yeah. Because she's like, I look, I'm not asking to be a freaking millionaire here. I'm not asking to live in a mansion. I like, I just want to know that my husband and I are both working towards the same goals of having a nice retirement 
being able to comfortably raise our children and they can all have their own bedrooms. Like that is what I think Mila ultimately, like that's what she means when she gets nervous. Like he doesn't care about money at all. She's like, but then you want this eight child family. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you want to live under the tin roof I was raised under? Yeah. I don't think you do. Yeah. <sighs> well, there's two things at play here. The first is that it gets interesting this time of year in the show. Yeah. This, you know. Um, because they have to be thinking about their doubts. It's part of the whole thing. Yes. But you're wondering, I wonder if our judgment on this, on, on uh, uh, Gil and Mirla, is based off of just trying to objectively look at their relationship as best as possible or as, as open-minded as possible, or is it that because it, do we, is it partially a comparison game with how bad some of the other couples are? So mm-hmm. we think, you know, maybe that's where I'm coming from and saying, oh, they're going to be fine. Right. You know, because yeah, I kind they've of feel been. Like you're being a little overconfident in them is all I'm saying. Okay. That's fair. I'm acknowledging that there is part of that. I also think that this episode serves to bring all the couples toward the mean. And by mean, I mean like the average. average. Right, right, right. Yeah, mean, median, mode. Wow, yeah, okay. Those terms. Uh, mansplaining math hour with Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and so, so they're trying to, you know, like make Bao and Johnny look a little bit better than they are. Right, And right, they're trying to make Gil and Mira look okay. a little bit well, worse than they are. We still have to comment on what we witness, okay? Okay, fair. But I hear you. We, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're saying yes on decision day. Pro, like, I'm 90% sure they're saying yes on decision day. I do have wonders and concerns about the six months after decision day. Fair. And if they will stay together. Fair. I think that they could, but I think that if they get too fixated on this like oh these huge lifestyle differences that i really don't think need to be blown up into what they are but if they're going to just obsess i could see that being the end for them yeah and i could see them possibly not still being together now but okay um okay before we move on okay we did this last season okay so we'll do it again this season okay snap judgment is this couple saying yes on decision day yes or no yes yes i mean i just said that i know but i wanted it to be a thing an official thing yeah okay who are we talking about next um johnny and bow sure okay so we open with her talking to her other girlfriend which i was just immediately so concerned and uncomfortable because i'm just sitting there thinking like What's this friend's relationship to the bitch, Sarah? I was surprised that both Johnny and Bao decided not to meet with Sarah individually. Oh, for camera, you mean? No, it was a joke. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I'm like all taking you seriously. Um, so this was interesting. I mean, I liked this friend. I My heart broke for her when she said, I feel betrayed by my husband and by my best friend of 20 years. It's just like oh, I need to know more. I need to know more about this friendship. I know there's so I, much we don't know. Could it's be, driving me crazy. This could, I mean, this could be the key to really Everything. unlocking. I know what's going on because I just 
It's yeah, still it, too hard to know very, what to make of it. It's very bizarre to me. Like, there's something, Bao maybe does not have the best idea of like what best friendship means. Maybe, yeah. There's maybe something she, off like, here. overvalued that friendship and that friend didn't view it the same. Yeah, there's something giving you a bit I'm of saying. pause. Which is what I'm saying, it all gives me like just this cringy, sad feeling for yeah. her. Because it just... It opens a creek in the door yeah, of like, what is... is the friend thinking? What is the friend across from her thinking? Is she thinking, oh God, I know exactly what Sarah meant? Or is she like, fuck Sarah? Or is she friends with Sarah? Is she... Like, I just want to know well, what the whole, I, like, who and then, is Sarah to everyone? I know. And then, la- I mean, last is week. Is that friend thinking, oh, well, I know exactly what Sarah's talking about because you don't have any real best friends. I know. And last week, Johnny, I believe, said that he's closer to Sarah right. than Bowis. And so if no, it's Bowis. he said he's close. He said he's knows Sarah better than he knows Bow over the last 15 years. Mm. Like, he kept in touch with Sarah. Mm. It's just weird. The whole thing's weird to me. Anyway. Anne, so they're talking. Back to Anne. I mean, it's still interesting because this is the part that makes me, like, sad for her. And this is so often the case. She basically admits that she would still be open to forgiveness if he ever for a second committed to change and if he wanted to fight for the relationship. And I was just like, what the fuck, Bow? But also, like, damn it. This is always, I'm sorry. Not, like, this is so often the case with these kind of scenarios where, like, women with often higher emotional intelligence are willing to hold out longer for the potential that a man possesses versus what's actually in front of them. And it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit for her. Because I'm just like, of course you would still be open to forgiveness if he was suddenly like, I'm crazy, like, I've been a mess this season and I've wronged you in so many ways and I want to work on this part of myself and can we do this together? She she probably would. She would drop everything and be like, okay, I believe, you know? And it's yeah. just like, oh, it just hurts your heart a little bit. I did like this friend, though. Like, I felt like the friend yeah. was very, like, reasonable and validating and whatnot. Um, and then Johnny is meeting with two of his guy friends. And I did find it interesting. I felt like these friends in their roundabout way, which this actually made me feel, you know how we've been talking the last couple of weeks about how like, we are pretty sure we think Johnny is trying to like run a through narr- a new narrative through the system because he's embarrassed and this is what he does. But still that window for like, but what if we've been duped, you know? And I felt like the guy friends, there was a point where they basically were like, dude, your standards might be a little too high. I don't know if anyone's ever going to check those boxes. And are you sure there's not any more room to try? I felt like I was seeing a little bit of a peephole into like what all of his friends think about him. Yeah. And that like maybe they have been watching him put girls through this forever. Yeah. And they're kind of like, bro, really? Like, really? Yeah, they definitely put the, oh yeah, they, they definitely pushed the vibe to stay together. And and there were two of his groomsmen, Yeah, you know? And so I took a little bit of issue with him saying that the, that 
um, things started going south on the honeymoon. I'm like, well, really? Remember he was starting to already pick her apart then. Okay, well, pick her apart in this relationship going south. Well, exactly. You know, our... He equates going south with the second I saw something that wasn't perfection. Yeah. With he, like she, when she giggled weird at the picture. She only took an or, hour or one and a half showers today, not three. And right. This is going south. Right. It's like, come on, dude. It's like, dude, you haven't learned shit yet. Yeah. Like, you gotta, yeah. But, uh, you know, and this is one of those things like, did it really make an imprint on Johnny? No. Be- Which I don't he, think he it did. He made us think that it would before. Remember, he's like, these guys could convince me of anything. They're my besties. Like, anything that they, like, I will basically like listen to them no matter what. And then after you're like, uh. Well, the whole rest of the time, I mean, this, their whole body language, I guess, or maybe more specifically Johnny, the rest of this episode, Mm -hmm. he still kind of seems back to being checked out. Totally. Well, and they go to this fancy dinner. Oh, they were so guarded and were playing their cards so awkward. close to the chest this and whole dinner. And every time, like he throws me with his facials at her. Yeah. Like any time she tries to go to like a place of reflection and gratitude for what they have learned, for the good times they have had, any time she starts talking like that, he's making these facial expressions that are like they look irritated. He looks like, yeah, he's gla- like he's glazed over and he's like, yeah, yeah. He he looks annoyed and or amused by her. Yeah. Like he's making fun of her in his head. And it's so confusing. But then he says some shit like he needs to be open to what's possible. And then she says, I could see myself being happy with him in the future. And then all of a sudden they come back to the apartment And they're sitting on the couch, like kind of cuddling, drinking their drinks, having some memory lane thing, like looking, look at her shitty painting and look at that. Remember that? And I'm like, what is going on here? Okay. And then they go back to their separate. That was the weirdest. It was so That was the weirdest thing to watch. So they go into this dinner they come back. She looked beautiful, by the way. Oh, Her hair looks so good. Um. they come back, Johnny makes them like these 30 ounce vodka (laughs) teas. Yeah. And they sit on the couch for what seems like one and a half minutes. And then they both take their gigantic vodka teas back into their own room. I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is like so weird. I I was so baffled by by how that all played out. I know. So bizarre. Okay, ready, set, go. What do you think they're going to say? No. Both? Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, if one says no, then they're both no. Right? I know, which, like, but sometimes they mess, they, like, F with you where they, like, they make the person who obviously would say yes, say yes first, so that then the person who's going to say no, like, has to react and respond to them Mm. and, like, do the harder thing. Okay, that's right. That's true. But I think... this couple's not going to be sharing champagne with the hosts no. after no after the thing no um and we'll get let, a little more into there's some more interesting things to talk about with them as it pertains to when they all hung out okay and about the different definitions well that i has. i need to i no. need to 
Oh, I know. We're gonna. I have go a lot a to say about that. that. <laughs> okay, so we'll close. Okay, we'll close with that then. Yeah. Because I have. So there's more to say I on that thoughts. because a lot of people seem to have different understandings of what yes or no on decision day could mean. Oh, and right, it is don't a get me started because I'm going to start ranting. F. I'm going to start okay. ranting. Okay, don't rant. Okay. Let's move on to Brett and Ryan right now. Okay, off the top, I'm sure there has been in Mathis history. Mm-hmm. I can't remember though a couple that has come this far on decision day without any major major blowups. I mean the biggest thing we've gotten is this whole dating app thing. Mm-hmm. That it just seems I can't remember a couple that has gone this far that seems like they haven't really they been like in a relationship. Lines. Yeah, um, I mean it's No, been, you know who else? Who? The only other person that I think of immediately is Mindy and Ding Dong, the one who refused to live with her the whole time and then started talking to her best friend. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. DC, I think. That was season 10. Where, remember, it just felt like he never even participated with her. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of coexisting last year with Haley and Jacob. Oh, that's true. But I felt like there was still... But there was a lot more interaction. There was effort that yes. was being made. Yes. You know, there was dates. Even if they were, was... like, missing each other, they were like, yes. They were both like, we really kind of need to try, even though... Like, yeah. this is just... Uh, and the, it, Flatlining is a great way of describing it. Because yeah. this thing has been dead... In the water. Since the honeymoon. Yeah. It's since crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So he's... What's... He's... Playing tennis with yeah. a friend? Yeah, pretty I'm... good tennis player. I'm not going to lie. I know, I know. But it, uh, So he says, like, say? Brett and I have had fun, and that's kind of the extent of it. And I thought the friend did a pretty good job of calling him out. I did, too. At first, I was, like, a little irritated because he made a point to describe that. He's like, you know, even though it wasn't your ideal type of person, is there anything, you know, that can take away from it i'm like enough with the ideal type okay but for two yes you're males right. having this discussion we got about as good of what we can get out of emotional <laughs> intelligence wise yeah you know he was like which he, ryan actually said i hate i mean it, he sounded like a doofus because it was still so like stunted of a statement but it was like i hate being the reason that i feel like this isn't working and he basically, like, it's his way of saying he knows that he is the fuck up of this whole situation. Yeah. And he has been. I just find it fascinating that you can know with all of your wherewithal that you are the reason that the relationship is failing and has been. And, like, you just refuse to try something different. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's it, it, it's nuts. It's, it's so bizarre It, to it me. really like, is. What a strange thing to just sit with that and, like, be comfortable. It's like he's basically decided the easier way to deal with the shame I feel of the fact that I am the reason that this is going down in flames is to completely cut myself off emotionally and to, like, fully give up because to make any more effort would just be putting myself out there to fail again, you know? It's, like, it's just such that, like stunted, overtly masculine, I I can't feel anything, what's the point of trying if I'm not going to win kind of bullshit 
And it's like, oh my gosh, like you rob yourself. That's the saddest part of the whole thing. You rob yourself of so much life experience by not being willing to be vulnerable. But then you also hurt beautiful people like Brett. Yeah. And it makes me so angry. So he does end up, I was actually shocked. He admits what he did with the dating app to his friend. And he says he regrets it. I wanted this to work more than anything. I was like, really, Ryan? Because I haven't seen any evidence of that since the first week. No. Um, but I thought it was sad after that when we find out that Brett, when she got back to the apartment, I think a day or two after the whole dating app bullshit, all of his shit was gone. And he hadn't even told her. And then there's that awkward moment where he shows up to get like the last of his things and she's in the kitchen. And he's like, what have you been up to the last few days? I'm like, it, it, Ryan! It, it's, I think it's even so much more frustrating because, you know, from, I don't know, because the dating app thing's pretty sketchy. But I was going to say, like, from all indications, he's, quote, like a good guy, a decent guy. Mm. And that's why I don't I, really I, feel I, that way anymore. You don't feel that way anymore. I mean, yeah, he's not a freaking monster, but he's a douchebag. Yeah, he's one of those guys that does a good job of playing nice guy because he's quiet a lot of the time and has Eeyore face. But really, he's like a douchebag in disguise. No, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking of someone like, um, you know, like yeah, Johnny, who said like vile, mean yes, things about sure. someone. And so He's my whole point, me. my whole point about, about starting this talk is it's almost more frustrating with him. Right. You know, because you're like, dude, you you're not. You yank the words out of the inside of him. Because yeah, you can tell yeah, that they're it, there. He doesn't like hurting her. He knows he's stunted. He knows he needs to open up more. That's what I'm trying to say. can't just, it's like it's trapped in there. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's it, it, and it's like, it, it drives you insane because. Ugh. You're like, if you would just even word vomit your feelings, we would get further along yeah. in one, in 15 minutes than we have in the last five weeks. <laughs> like when you have the self-awareness that he does. Yes. It's frustrating. It is annoying to just see you continue to not, like you said, try anything different or try it all. Right. He does like make a point in the awkwardest kitchen moment of all time. Oh, that was so awkward. He's sort of like, you know, I just want you to know. It's like, he's so incompetent with feeling speak to the point that, you know, he's like, that you like, I'm sorry that you were disrespected and all that stuff. I'm like disrespected and all that. Like, God, Ryan, like, yeah. no. And then if I have to hear this mofo say this sentence one more time, I never intended to purposely hurt you. What does that mean? I never intend. I do not care about your intentions, dude, especially not at this point. How is that supposed to be like, how is that supposed to make anyone feel better? Okay. So you're just a thoughtless, careless asshole. Like, no, no one cares. No one thinks that you downloaded the app to purposely hurt her. Everyone knows you downloaded the app because you're a selfish prick who wasn't thinking about her at all. Yeah. So like, 
Stop reiterating this. Exactly. No one cares. And then the ultimate shirking, pretend I'm a nice guy, asshole move. On his way out. Thank you for not hating me. Oh, I. Oh. That is, I had that written down. I was like. You are a baby. That is That is the ultimate little bitch move. It is. It really, I mean, that is. Because it just shows all your cards. It's like. That's where your remorse is coming from right now. It's not that you're panicking that you fucked up with this incredible woman that was in front of you for the last eight weeks and gave you her all and you gave her nothing. It is that you don't like how it feels, that you don't look like a nice guy on camera, and that this woman might hate you. It's the ultimate immature, boyish, stupid thing to say. It's like you're still more concerned about how you are perceived and if you are liked than... If you have wronged this woman. Yeah. Period. You should like, you're worried about being hated. Keep it to yourself. Guess what she's worried about? Looking humiliated on national television by you. Like no one cares about you. Oh, it just makes me so mad. So mad. Not a lot of hope. <laughs> That's my rampage. Thank you. I liked it. Um, <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts on them? Um... Uh... Are they saying yes or no on decision day? It's a stupid question. No. No. All right. Let's go to Rachel and Jose. Okay. Um, Rachel's friend does not like Jose. That was my big takeaway. I think that was her sister. Oh, was it? Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying that close of attention. I I had this this memory. I think she's the one... Who, when, when it started the season and we met her family, we were like, that sister was a bitch. Remember oh, she was like saying mean things about maybe her. Maybe you're right. And so I just put, LOL, we've got like the mean sister's back. And she's oh, like, you're keep right. his ass accountable because you set precedence today. My favorite part was when she goes, those note cards are trash. <laughs> So, whoa. She was like, well, he made some promises on no cards. Uh, what did they say? What the did they no say? No cards were totally, I mean, just right after the lockout, such, it's Jose being Jose, those note cards on the fridge. Yeah. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's Well, negative. and we open with them. I mean, it's, there's nothing more to say on it, really, but with this weird conversation of them in bed and her asking if he would take a bullet for her. And then her saying she would take a bullet for him. And I just put, ew. Like, this is just a weird conversation and yeah, I don't like it. I was like, eh, <laughs> interesting. Like, there's a lot more questions that we could be asking one another to get each other to know each other on a deeper level than would you step in front of a right. bullet for me? Like, I know. Okay. Uh, and I guess I... What do we think of the fact that, I mean, we didn't get any more information about the fateful lockout night where she slept at the exes. We have not gotten more details. Yeah. We have not found out who this ex is to her, was to her. When did they break up? Where did she sleep? Oh, like, it's just, it's. It seems like we've just moved on. I know. It's just kind of confusing. It is interesting. Um, he tells his friend that this happened, which obviously the friend, like, is very wide-eyed and like, what the fuck, as anyone would be. Um, but he does make a point to say like, her not being faithful would be a reason to say no. That and their communication And issues. he's very disturbed that she tried to leave so fast. 
So he's now fixating on like she just cuts and runs, which the interesting thing is she doesn't try to deny that because she like announces herself as that to everyone, even at yeah. the group hang. She's like, this is what I used to do. So I guess, but I just, I this is was, just a bizarre couple to me. I don't know. They're, know. they're just kind of, they're kind of funky lack. <laughs> they are kind of funky lack. What he, he went on some spiel about this best life YOLO Instagram oh lifestyle. My gosh. He sees other people living. Oh, this is 2012 this- called They Want Their Word Back. I know. No one says YOLO anymore. I know, except, Ugh. I mean, sometimes I do. But yeah, it's different. No, but- you don't. <laughs> You're not allowed to if you do. <laughs> um, but they have, okay, so after the friend hangs, they we get another conversation between them and it's about the travel shit again. And he's like, well, he, he's bringing up, oh, and they're talking about how like they're about to be apart for a couple days. Yeah. And he's saying like, you know, he's kind of implying like I, my life was boring before you were in it, which is exactly what our suspicion was. That he was like living by himself in this big four bedroom house out in, the, in the suburbs, yeah. like basically going to work, working out and going to church. Like that was his life. And he's like kind of implying like if I were to lose you, I would be sad, like life would be boring again. But then he starts weirdly working into this conversation about how like, but that was his dream is to like basically live the boring life with the partner and, like, he doesn't want to be, like, the Instagram YOLO travel best life people because that's, like, empty. And how he's pretty much implying that um, people can't people can't stay in relationships because they want to YOLO and go on trips. And I'm like, what the hell are you saying? I put it all together. I, I she's, not- like, she's, like, of course, has a completely different vision. She's like, wait. I was already living a fun life before I met you. And my hope was to find someone to be my partner. To do these things with. Right. It makes no sense. And then we go back to. Uh, What what qualifies as a vacation? Right. Is it a drive to Amarillo? Is it a plane ride to the Swiss Alps? San Antonio twice a year. And she's like, I want a big trip every other year. Which I think is a very reasonable compromise. I do too. For I someone do too. who really prioritizes that. Yeah. That gives you plenty of time. Of course, we're sitting here as people who have still not traveled enough. But that theoretically gives you plenty of time to financially prepare for the big trip. It's ridiculous. And not like that's two years. No, he's being ridiculous about yes. this. Every other year going out of the country, I mean, yeah, we haven't done it because we don't really prioritize we don't it. Plan but well enough. but like a lot of people do that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, and it's possible she's not asking to do this multiple times a year. It was just weird, and I could see her shutting down again and being like, "Oh no, this is the part of him that I'm really afraid about in the future." And then she does make a point to say that she's not gonna know what, exactly what she'll do until she sleeps in her own bed by herself. Which, like, kind of a weird thing. To say to him. A weird, like, qualifier? Like, is it dependent yeah. on the kind of sleep you get? <laughs> well, I think there's a part of her that maybe doesn't fully trust how she feels when she's with him. Because there's things that are really nice and comfortable about it. Yeah. This couple, okay. I think they're going to say yes. 
And I don't think there's any possible way that this couple could last forever. Mm. And I, I just think they're too different. And I think that this is going to like, I think it's going to all blow up at some point. I think, uh, I think they are going to say yes also. Mm -hmm. And I just think that Jose already has couple cam, couples cam lined up. Oh. Doesn't he seem like the guy that wants to be on couples cam with Rachel? Taking selfies, brushing each other's teeth. Ew. It just, it's <laughs> like, he's already got that lined up. It's like, it's the next step. You know, people go on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, right, and right. they're like, oh, we're going to paradise. Right. And, you know, that I is guess, his paradise. Yes. Couples Cam is his paradise. Which we don't even watch Couples Cam. I know. Well, I've seen enough trailers and commercials about it to know that Jose wants to <laughs> so be a you star. Think, well, well, that's not quite answering the whole thing. You think they're like in it for the long haul? I kind of do. Yeah. They're so bizarre. I know. They're such an unnatural pairing. It's just a interesting couple. Okay. Well, speaking of interesting couples, let's talk about Zach and Michaela. Oh, let's. So her sister comes over. I freaking love her sister. She yeah. makes me laugh and she's smart. She's a smart cookie. So she comes over. Um, I love Michaela once again, characterizing what went down between them as something way oversimplified. Zach did something that I really didn't like, and he's done before, which is leave. I was just like, oh, yeah, great. Okay, you really summed it up there, Michaela. Um, Not even close to describing what happened. He thinks I'm just this combative person. She's acknowledging to her sister that she does want to work on this and that she feels like he won't give her credit for the fact that she does want to work on this. And then, of course, dun, 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 dun. I was right when they spoke the other day after the fucking bizarre thing with Dr. Pepper and the little games that they were playing and the finger holding hands of will they, won't they? All of a sudden, he's flirting with her when they're walking to the elevator. Of course, yes, they did go to lunch and then they hung out and then he asked her to sleep over. And of course she slept over. And of course they had sex. And of course, when there was no cameras, like they were able to have these amazing conversations and they felt like they understood each other. And then he asked her to spend the night. What do you think of this? Um, I think that it is the most predictable thing that could have happened. And Zach continuously yeah, wants- I want to know, what do you think specifically of Zach in this whole dynamic. I think I think Zach knows that he does not want to be with her long term or at least doesn't want to uh, wants to do enough. Well, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Right. Um he's not committing. He's just doing whatever needs to be done so that they can spend the night together. And I so think they just that have really good sex is what? That what, for him. Do you think that's all this comes down to? Well, I think he's doing. I think he's doing enough that to get to a point where they can continue their relationship after this. 
and like have a hookup kind of and kind of figure out what what it's going to be like without the cameras and this is where and like you think he really has intentions of that or do you think he's playing her i think he's playing her i do too i think he's playing her but do you think that he knows he's playing her or he thinks that or do you think he believes his own bullshit I think he kind of believes his own bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I also think that he's, it's weird. It's like he's playing her, but I'm not ready to say that she's also making her own decisions. Right. I don't think she's totally being taken advantage of. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but I, I do think that he is manipulating her a bit. He, Because he knows that she's unstable and that she's obsessed with him deep down. So, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they both, but you're right. Like, they both, it's just interesting to watch these cycles play out when, like, both partners are both in the wrong for totally different reasons. Yeah, and that's what makes it complex is because you can... Like you take one side of the coin and you start going down a path. And he needs to be like, this is over. Oh, I agree. I I may agree with you. Like in this, in this part, and this is how it's been all season with these two. Yeah. You start going down every episode or every disagreement. You're like, oh, Michaela's at fault here. Oh, Zach's at fault here. Right. Oh, Michaela's at fault here. So it's very difficult to now take everything in a vacuum or take a, a wide ranging look at it and try to be e- e- figure out because the blame pie is all over the freaking right. place, you know? So, well, and then though, after this, we've got Zach talking with Gil and he's being so positive. Yeah. I'm so confused. And he's like, she really is here for the right reasons. And I just put, Post-sex thoughts, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's still in the 24-hour sex glow. Like, what are you saying, bro? What are you saying? We are six days out from decision day. Which I think is a perfect segue for us to get into this group hang um, in the community room where... They decide that the point of like their questioning of each other should just start with what would you all of your reasons for saying no be, which I thought was kind of an interesting way in. I'm like, this is going to be friggin' awkward. Yeah. Um. Once again, we have an overshare Gil moment where I'm just like, if I was Mirla, I would kill you when we got back to the apartment. <laughs> he decides, let me speak up first. If wifey continues to live live like she's single to everyone, that's just a selfish way to go into your marriage. And I was like, Gil, you are in trouble. Like, what the S-T-F-U. F? Stop characterizing her like this in these blanket statements. And like. And that is know. such a misleading. That that language is so misleading. It makes you makes it seem like she is out on the town every night, hanging out with I girlfriends, know. going to clubs. Really, all it means is that she is sh- shopping like for herself. And I just I, that really pissed me off. I like know. the single life. Like, give me a break. I know. 
someone said, I think it was Johnny, was like, Marla should get a rebuttal, I think. Yeah. And I don't, what did she say? I didn't write it down. I didn't I either. Didn't. I think she might have just said, like, I don't agree with his characterization, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Because that's what she said to him face to face. Yeah. Which I was, that was one thing we didn't say when we were talking about them. She did say, I hear you, but I do not agree with you. And I was like, finally, it yeah. feels good to just have her just bare minimum just stand up for herself in the moment, you mm-hmm. know? Um, oh, wait, we forgot to do Michaela and Zach. Yes or no? Oh, no. I think yes. Well, let's get into let's get into the main conversation okay. of this thing, which are... Johnny basically starts it by saying he would say yes if he saw some potential at all. Yeah. Bao comes in and basically says it really does take two people to start and then sustain the marriage and all it takes is one person to end it. I felt like Johnny was smirking the whole time she was talking, which again felt very disrespectful. I was like, where are you coming from here? I never know. Well, he gets triggered when she talks in front of the group. Yeah, I guess. He's a little turd. So then at this, this conversation is starting to build. And Zach says, I will, yes, me. (laughs) Zach is so annoying sometimes. Yes for him means. The last eight weeks, I have been very happy, and this 100% works for me. And so since I already know that I can't say that, regardless of if I'm interested in trying a relationship with Michaela outside of the experiment, I will still say no, because to say yes would be to say that the last eight weeks were great. And it's like, dude, you are so... Like, get your head out of your own ass here, please. But then Bao confronts him and is like, why can't you just say yes and continue forward? Like, I don't understand. If you know that you're interested in trying it all after, which, of course, with things that some of us know about the future, kind of interesting to watch her calling him out about his own relationship he's in right now. Um, she's just like, this doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, no, but for me, like, this is just classic Zach. Like he has these strange, very random rules that are like, nothing can break them. But like, then he can't like budge on other, you know, he's got his own lexicon of, of different (laughs) ideals, rules, values, norms. So then Bao's like, look, if anyone says, which of course this is all roundabout way of saying, Johnny, are you listening? She says, look, if 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 I get told no on decision day, we're not coming back from that. Like, you have basically said, I am okay with this ending, and you've done it on national TV in front of everyone. You're not going to come now, give me a call two days after decision day, and say, I'd still like to see what could be possible here. Yeah. Like, that's a big fuck you, in my opinion. And... I love how all the girls are like, oh, no, no, no. If you want to keep going after this, you say yes. And that's what that means to all of us. So, but I just thought that whole conversation was so bizarre. When have we gotten, what makes it okay to suddenly now, I'm like, this better not be a thing moving forward. I know. Why are we redefining 
what yes and no means. It's meant the same thing for the last 11 seasons or however many freaking seasons there have been. Yeah. There's yes is yes, we continue. No is I want to get a divorce. Right. This isn't yes means for me, it means that what we're going to do is we're going to live in different places. And and no for me is is saying, no, I don't want the cameras around anymore. But yes, I do want to be. No, 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 no. This is, I, I was so angry and I swear this better not be a thing moving forward because I do not want to dedicate any podcast time to figuring out what, what every person yes individual's no yes means. mean and yeah. every individual's no means. Yeah. It's very clear. Well, what, what is going on guess. here? What is happening? I have a guess for you, a prediction. When I have a feeling that the Michaela and Zach decision day sit down is going to be a clusterfuck because of this. Exactly. And you know how we saw in the preview of Pastor Cal goes, what the, what just happened? What was that? I bet you it's about them. And I bet you it's because Zach takes us on a ridiculous roller coaster ride of, well, I want it to be clear. I'm saying no because of this symbol of the last eight weeks. But I'm saying yes to, I am open to possible, you know, some bullshit. One could only hope that we get the second chapter of Aesop's fable. (laughs) Truly. Um, But I am not here for this. We know the rules. Pastor Cal clearly defines them every season, every episode in the intro. We know what yes and no means in relation to this show. You are not allowed to come with your uh, appendices to change what these words mean. (laughs) I I will not allow it. I know. So I thought it was funny when everyone was saying things like, what did you, is there anything you learned about yourself? You know, and a lot of the women who have basically been screwed over are, are saying stuff about themselves. Like I've learned that like, I'm stronger than I thought. And that like, I, I, I do have it in me to fight for a relationship and stuff like that. And then Johnny says, I thought I was an emotionally even keeled person. And it was so funny to watch everyone just go, (laughs) and he's like, but now I realize I am an emotional wreck. And I was like, this is probably the most likable you've been all season, actually, Johnny, besides day one. Um, And then Gil, he does end up saying he'd always wanted to feel free and vulnerable with someone. And now he knows that that's possible. And I was like, okay, we're turning it around. I don't really know why we couldn't have led with that. Yeah. Especially considering you guys are clearly the most strong couple here. So why would you not? (laughs) I mean, I think it's all coming from a good place whenever he does that stuff. He's trying to be open. Like, look, we're not perfect either. And just because, like, I give pep talks doesn't mean that, like, I don't have to work on my shit too. Yeah. But it's like, okay, but it's always at Mirla's expense. And you don't really ever seem to have an awareness of, of that. Yeah. Like, let her say what she thinks her own problems are, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the end, I just put, oh, well, and Ryan said some dumb shit that's just not even worth getting into. But my favorite, I videotaped the whole thing. And my favorite thing was Brett's responses to him. Like, her facial expressions were just gold. Because she was just not having I hope I see it on the gram this week. Yeah, you will. Oh, okay. Well, fine. I I can't help myself. Uh, He's literally... Speaking, I'm not going to talk about it, but actually I am. (laughs) He's speaking across the room, clearly to her, but not to her. And he's like, I mean, I've been waiting for feelings, expecting feelings, wanting feelings, you know, 
And I've been honest with myself. And I just thought her facials were priceless. She was just like, (laughs) I wish you guys could see my face right now. But at the end, I just put, this is honestly a pretty depressing group when I look at all these couples together. (laughs) Like, it felt like a very, like, heavy group meeting. Well, you know, we talked about how this season would be interesting and different based because of the ages. Yeah. And everyone, almost everyone, with the exception of Zach, in their 30s. And... It kind of just is, you're right. It is a little bit of a depressing group. It's like, oh, well, I guess we all have things we can't change about ourselves. And <laughs> yeah, I guess I still have my walls up. Oh, I guess I'm kind of an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know. Another year down. I know. <laughs> you know, it, just like it just felt heavy. I was like, none of these couples are super happy, except maybe Gil and Mirla, but even Gil is confusing me. Yeah. It was just like, oh, which it's like, how do we always end up here? (laughs) No matter how much hope we have. Um, I had a lot of fun actually going back. If for any of you that are on the Instagram, we have um, a Mathis season 13 highlight reel, which is just like a mix of all the different polls that we've been doing all season. And it's pretty fun. I think we should get into them more next week uh, because of decision day. But we've done polls right after wedding day. And then right after honeymoons, we did polls of like, who thinks who's going to last? And like, it's just hilarious because we were all so off and wrong about most of the couples. Everything's backwards pretty much. Yeah. But like, if you want to go look at that for fun, I did some reposting this week, but you know, not everybody sees that in the stories. Um, it's in the highlight reels and it's kind of just fun to go look at like, oh, remember when we had so much hope? And I just feel like, that is part of the show. And you always go in with a bunch of hope and you can get teary at the weddings and you think you know them. And all it takes is like three to seven days to start seeing everyone's little things. Regardless and of everything starts unraveling. Regardless of how the season went and how you felt like it was a the portrait of a depressing group at the end, you're going to be crying at the D-Day decisions next week anyway. Me? Yeah. Don't you think a tear will come down at some point? Maybe if there's one happy moment. I'm okay. not crying for anybody sad-wise, though. No. Um, I have my final power rankings of the year. Okay. We are back to our traditional. I had to break it up last week, but we're back to our traditional one through five. Okay. Number five, I have Brett and Ryan. Mm. Number four, Bao and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Number three, Zach and Michaela. Rachel and Jose. Hold on. Okay. Why Zach and Michaela above Bao and Johnny? Bao and Johnny are spending the night in different rooms. I guess, yeah, they like hate each other's guts, kind of. Um, Zach and Michaela. Like still want to F. Zach and Michaela are, you know how we have our our wild cards? There's always a wild card yeah. couple. They're kind of the wild card couple That's for true. me next week, just okay. because of, yeah, yeah they're fair, okay. Fair, 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 fair. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Rachel and Jose coming at two, Ugh. and Girla at number one. Ugh. See, it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs we're looking <laughs> at here. If Rachel and Jose are number two, okay. I know before we go that you have some absolute, potentially all-time classic songs from yeah. this episode. Yeah. 
Um, and I wrote one for you that you missed. Okay. Or that you got. Well, I think the best one is, so it's right after Bao's convo with her friend. And we get, I feel this pressure like glass smashing back to sand. I need this track. I'm finding it on Spotify. <laughs> I think I videoed that one. And let it be known, I never get the melody right because I clearly forget it the second the show's over. So but it's I'm not that off. I no, don't think what you're doing. kind of pushing that way, though. Like, I feel, I feel this, this pressure. pressure. I was like, oh, my God. Like glass smashing and turning back, back into sand. And then... And then I liked this one um, right after, right as it was either right when it was beginning or when it was ending, Brett and Ryan's awkward kitchen interaction. Say what you want to say, because the silence is killing me. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Um, okay. It's just. This ugh. is, this is, this is where we are. Now, the week before D-Day. You know what? And let's just also all remember that sometimes D-Day gets so much buildup that it's not even... It, sometimes it can feel a little anticlimactic and we don't feel like we get to our actual climax until reunion part one and two. So let's just all remember that, that next week might end up feeling a bit surface level, a bit like... I don't know. I mean, but then there's, you know, there's always potential for a wild card, like you said. But I'm excited. Tell. We're excited to see what happens. Yeah. Um, hope you guys had amazing weekends. Can't wait for D-Day. And we will talk to you super soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.